0: all righty tom richardson removing confusion podcast here to remove confusion that may have been muddled in your brain by organized religion the government we're not talking about the government today though we're going to talk strictly from the word of god and there's going to be a lot more of that coming from me i'm tired of you know The news is good to look at once in a while, but it weighs on our souls so heavily that it starts to drag us down and it makes us feel like we have nowhere to go, nowhere to turn, and nothing to lighten the load that they keep piling on our backs. Jesus said, you take on my yoke, for it is light. Let that sink in. Again, Tom paraphrased. But we need to start looking to a different direction. We uh, we hear a lot about the things that are going on in our in our nation here in the United States. For those of you that are outside of the United States, God bless you for being with us. Uh, I have not looked lately to see, but I, there for a while we were reaching into places like Japan, Saudi Arabia, Germany, and even Russia. So I pray that the... Uh, uh, truth and the light can still make its way in, and that's what we are going to bring you as much and as often as possible. Uh, and I I just feel strongly about that. I re- I really do because it's it's something that, uh, you know, when you sit in a church anymore, uh, unless it's a really sound biblical church, you you don't really get much more than a few points of of. Uh, you know, when they do that, PowerPoint or uh, I have I have a five point message today. You know, and then four and a half points in, they go back and do three of the other ones, and it's it's confusing. I hate confusion in the house of God. I really do. I hate lying in the house of God. I really do. I do not like it when people stand in a pulpit, and I say people because they let women do it too that stand in the pulpit and misconstrue the scriptures. Peter said uh, they twist or rest the scriptures to their own destruction. Listen to me. If you don't understand what you're talking about, shut up. Don't talk. I won't go beyond where I can go, but I'll tell you what, and I, I study things out, and I've got some interesting things that I want to look at today. I recently, as much as last week, uh, I do a lot of thinking when I'm out riding my motorcycle, I've got, I've just got a little, little Suzuki. It's not nothing big. It's not a Harley Davidson or nothing. I hit the back roads. I go slow. I've got a couple of really strong, powerful preachers that I like to listen to that teach and tell things. And, yes, some people have accused me of picking things up along the way, but then I study the things out that I might be picking up. And, you know, if you haven't heard it from this platform, it's something new, isn't it? I'm not going to sit here and read you uh, one of these fellow sermons. I just ain't going to do it. I refuse. But, yes, did they impact me in some way that made me think, my gosh, how have I been living? And that's what we all need to start thinking about. How are we living in this day? I mean, when you look around, there, uh, uh, there's a there's a song out there that's called uh, Your Redemption Draweth Nigh. Now it's been done by several. The Oak Ridge Boys did it, you know. I'm I'm a hillbilly here, so just live with it. The Oak Ridge Boys did it. Uh, Ernie Haas, Haas did it. Uh, then several other. It's been done. It's called, like I say, it's called Redemption Draweth Nine. it talks about the signs of the times are everywhere. And it's like, do you go to church and hear that? Does your Does your pastor, your preacher, whatever he wants to call his mouthpiece behind the pulpit, does he talk about the signs of the times and how we are to live? No, most of them don't. They give you the OSAS. Once saved, always saved. You can go back and do whatever you want. Shack up, drink up, smoke up. You're going to go up. I pray that you can. But I'll tell you what. If you live a life that is not strengthened, strengthened, I said, by the Holy Spirit and by God himself, which is the Holy Spirit, by the way, if you don't live that life where you're exercising your muscles spiritually, you are not going to make it in the time of testing. You're going to fall away. The weakness will come through, and you don't have to be a marathoner. You don't have to be a weightlifter. You don't have to be any of those things. It's not about what your body looks like. You could be broken, like I am, or or even worse, you could be in one of the homes. But I'll tell you what, I go to some homes around here, the nursing homes. I go to some of them around my area here, and I'm going to tell you what, sometimes I go in there, those people are more hungry for what we can offer them than, you, than the people that sit in the church. Because the Holy Ghost isn't there. The Holy Spirit is just, you know, pushed down. We can't get too spiritual here because people think we're Pentecostal. People will think we're we're a little radical. Jesus was radical, wasn't he not? You gotta divorce your ideas out there, preachers that the, you, you that don't want anything to do with the real spirit. You just want to talk about him and say, Oh yeah, he's living within me. But then when you, you, the lifestyle that shows doesn't really come through, you know, uh, and they'll say, Oh, you haven't even been to college. What do you know? I'll tell you what I know. I know what the word of God says to me. And sometimes I have to read it a dozen times, but I'll tell you what, there's one verse I read to you right now. And I'm going to. As soon as I can clear my eyes up enough. I have my Bible open in front of you, but I'm going to tell you something. We've got a lot of verses we're going to hit today, and I had to use my computer. I'm sorry. But, hey, that's technology, and it works well for me right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. This is a very, oh, this this might not make anybody feel good. It made me feel good. I'll tell you why. It helped me to see. That I need to follow what it's doing. Now, I talked there for a couple seconds if you wanted to, to find that scripture. 2 Corinthians, that's right after 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, and verse number 5 from the King James Version. Oh, King James only. Oh, whatever casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, bringing into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. When did you hear that last in your church, folks? When did you hear bringing into captivity? Not, not just the thoughts that you have on Sunday. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, when you're walking around Walmart, guys, I'm talking to you. You can see some things. And then you want to turn your head and see them again. Don't do it. The temptations to do things are always there. The temptations to do things are always there. And that's that turning your head to look at her again with her whatever. And I'm not picking on ladies, okay? Guys do stupid stuff too. But men, you have we all have that little thing that kind of makes you want to look again. Don't! Bringing into captivity every thought, let's put it after that, even deed, to the obedience of Christ. There's times when we start thinking even beyond that. Now, that's them lustful thoughts. You go beyond that and say, you know, I, when, and you know, here's the thing. If you try to get this verse, this one verse into your mind, into your heart, into your spirit, and let the Holy Ghost work with you, let the Holy Spirit grab you and pull you in because that's what has to happen casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Did you know you're supposed to be obedient to Christ? Does does that even get preached in your church? Does your church kind of roll around all that and say, well, now, 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 you said the five-second prayer. Now all you got to do is sit and wait for the rapture, but you can do whatever you want between now and then. We're really going to nail on that pre-tribulation rapture someday, and I'll probably lose the five people that listen to me. Because it's sold to you in a box full of pretty things but it's an empty package. To say, oh, once saved, always saved, unconditional eternal security is okay because you can go do whatever you want. God's not going to take the free gift of salvation back from you. You know what? You can sell it back to him, though. You can walk away from God. Now, you you listen to Charles Stanley. He'll tell you, oh, no, you can do whatever you want. You're saved forever. What a... What a, a, you know, people that listen to him, oh, because he's Baptist and I'm Baptist. Uh, 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 get, get away from your denomination and get into your Bible. That's where the truth is. The truth doesn't always come from the denominationalists. No, it does not. You know, you can find uh when you go bouncing around in your Bible a little bit, It's so much fun. My wife said to me the other day, how do you put these things together? I said, first of all, I had some really good teachers. I didn't have to go to college to be taught. I had some really good teachers out there. And I'll name them for you because you can find these guys on the Internet to this day. Uh, Steve Mitchell, I've talked about him a lot. You can still find his messages on the Internet. Find a way to download them and save them to your hard drive, a computer, on your iTunes, or whatever, listen to them, they're good. He teaches you the Bible. Skiat's way. Systematic, 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 contextual exposition of the scriptures. Another good guy to listen to. Uh, He's a little Indian fellow by the name of Zach Poonin. Zach's good. He's straight up. He just tells it like it is. The Bible says this. That's what it says. Zach Poonin. David Lankford. Zach, I think Zach's still alive. He's getting up there. David is another good one. David Lankford. Oh, but I, you won't like him because he ta- he talks about purity, holiness, gospel, uh, uh, you know, uh, other stuff that, that might scratch a little bit and make you, make you bleed some. But is that what you need? And you, who, what, 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 what radio or whatever you want to call this podcast host steers you to somebody else. I do it because I'm like Peter. I'm not, let's say, let me rephrase that. I'm doing it in the likeness of how Peter did in his day. He said, some of the heavier things of this, of this word are too much for me to, 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 put out there so i refer to my brother paul who knows the dark or the deeper things if i need help i know where to go prayer and god and his chosen good teachers so taking thoughts captive how do we, you know, how how do we even back that up? Is that the only passage of scripture that that you know kind of covers that whole thing? I want to take you clear back to Job, Job, the oldest book of the uh, Old Testament. Joe in the last chapter of Job, chapter forty-two. Chapter forty-two. Now we all know the story of Job, and uh, you'll hear people say, "Well, that was a one-time thing." Well, that's well, that's a lie. Job. God is just giving Job a good download. Kind of to straighten Job out a little bit. for Some of the questions he asked. Not, not that he thought Job was way out of line, but Job was just like any other guy. And then Job answers the Lord and said, I know, this is right off the bat in uh, chapter 42, verse number one and following. And then Job answered the Lord and said, I know, that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. If you stop right there, Brother Tom, if you stop right there and tell the people, you can't hold any thought from God. And you say, Well, I don't need to listen to this guy anymore. I already know all this stuff. Go ahead and listen to the rest of it, then then get rid of me if you want to. But I'm gonna tell you right now, this is the way it is. You can't hide anything from God. And, uh, you know, well, uh, I don't think your attitude's right. It's not. Mine needs as much cleaning up as the next guy. And you know what? This is a stuff that the Lord has dealt with me over about a week's time. Your thoughts condemn you. That's why we have to bring them under the captivity of Christ, in obedience to Christ. I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Goodness gracious. Verse number five says, And I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. I abhor myself. Why? Why does Job say, I abhor myself, and why don't we say that? Because we've been raised up in this mamby pamby christian stuff that doesn't when well, you know, in scare quotes that doesn't talk of repentance for goodness sake half the time they don't even talk about redemption they just throw the word salvation out there get you down to an altar make you kneel down say a five second prayer and send you right back to the world with the same old junk hanging all over you they don't talk about repenting And then, you know, repentance has to go on as we figure ourselves out. You know, I well, I didn't, I should not have done that. Lord, I, I ask, forgive me. What does it say? It says down there in 1 John, if, if we are faithful to ask him to forgive us, we confess, I'm sorry, if we're, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase and I'm making a mess of it. If we're faithful I'm gonna go to it, sorry. This was this was not in my notes. <sighs> if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, as 1 John 1, 9. Write that one down. Put it in your pamphlet of things I need to go to. You know, some, and you know what? I'm not saying that if you sin after salvation, you have truly been saved, you've had a real relationship with the lord you're still going to sin because we just do we have the sin nature that pops up every once in a while you're going to get angry you're going to get impatient you're going to lose your joy you're going to get mad at somebody whatever we have to be able to acknowledge that we were wrong even though the other person may be the one who perpetrated the act on you and you got mad it says be angry and sin not I've been, I'm i guilty of that one, and I have to ask God all the time, forgive me, help me to repent of these things, because they will drag you down, folks. 2 Corinthians 2, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 18. We're going to skip down here a little bit. Goodness gracious, come on, Tom. So, how's the weather today? I'm I'm kidding. 2 Corinthians 2. Did I say 2? 10. I've been having trouble doing that all day, using the wrong numbers. I was talking to my buddy Mike, and I threw a verse at him. I said, that doesn't seem right. And I had to go back and look at it. I had dyslexia coming in. All right, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 18. This is the last verse in that chapter. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. For not he, that means, let's just look at this and try to break it into regular, everyday English. It's not you that can commend yourself to be approved. The Bible says that a workman is approved. You Study to show yourself approved. A workman not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. You you know, that's not you commending yourself. That's not you saying, wow, look at me. Look what I've done. Look at this building that I, it wasn't here, but I I came along and now it is. Oh, but God did it. You know, it's, I, I don't have, I've got a house that somebody else built and I moved into it. I've got a room that me and my buddy over here, Otis, he's with me again today. Uh, he's He is sacked out. You know, old dogs, they just love to sleep. But, you know, I've got a room that my wife let me have. <laughs> it's got my guitars and it's got my organ over here. i got a little bit of everything in here. And it's got this little place where I can come sit down and be with the friends that I have out there that want to listen to what we have to say. And I, 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 if I have brought you things over the past that just haven't seemed strong enough or maybe they waxed off into the world of the world i'm back here where i wanted to be from the get-go and that's talking to you about the word of god now uh in times to come we will still have to take a look at things that are going on around us you know the, the evil out there in the world but let's get ourselves generating in the wrong in the wrong in the right direction Do you think more highly of yourself, or your position, or your fellow, or your following, or your grand accomplishments? Fine. You're glorifying in yourself. That's what this verse is saying. Oh, you want to be? Uh, you want the title? You went to school and you got to be a doctor. You went to school and you got to be a preacher. Oh, they gave you a license. Oh, they gave you an ordination card. You build a building or you 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 came in and took over one that was falling down that another guy died or whatever. You've built a church. You didn't do nothing. You know something? You knocked on doors. Did the Holy Spirit drive you to knock on doors or was it your spirit? Down the road, we are going to do a study on fig leaves. That sounds funny, doesn't it? Well, when you hear it, Hopefully, the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you what, I'm relying more on the Holy Spirit these days. And that sounds all Pentecostal and not very Baptist or Church of God or Church of Christ, whatever. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we don't start doing that, if we don't start trying to understand, read and understand, see the, the beautiful parts of this Bible that get left out when all you get is a literalist view, there's a spiritual aspect to everything. You get what I'm saying? So we got Job, right? Let's go over to Psalm hundred and nineteen. Psalm one nineteen. Again, this is written on my written on my uh notes here. But I don't know why I wrote it, because I'm old and I forget stuff. Psalm one nineteen, longest longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm one nineteen. And we're going to start right off in verse number two and three. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his way. I'm going to tell you what got me in more trouble in a, in a, in a church was uh, allow, being allowed to preach and then preaching about walking with God. I, I raised up more hackles on people that I, I've not been allowed to preach there since, really. I don't care. I got hit. I got y'all. You'll listen to me. You want the real truth? I'll give you the real truth because it's not going to come out of my brain. It's going to come out of the brain of God that's sitting right in front of me, called the Holy Bible. The Bible tells you over and over again, "Walk with God." You know, here's what happened. I was teaching about Genesis. I wanted to do it contextually, but I was stopped. I was in verse, I'm sorry, chapter number five, where it said, Enoch walked with God, and then he was not because God took him. That is a passage that a lot of the rapture folks like to look at, and I believe in a rapture. I just don't believe in a pre-tribulation one. Uh, but they look at that, and they're like, what are you trying to say? If I don't walk with God, I can't go into rapture? Uh, you know, Romans uh, 10, 9 says, whoever believeth in him shall have eternal life well you know it also says the demons believe and tremble it's in james and i do believe i do believe if you confess him with your mouth and you believe with him in your heart you will be saved but it also doesn't say go do whatever you want. Go fornicate, adulterate, drinkulate, smokyfy, or whatever else you want to do. Don't shack up. You know, there's people that just they just can't skip around. You. We all have that sin that just keeps coming back and wanting to get in. You might get away from it for a while, and then next thing you know, it comes after you. Because, hey, while you're doing it, it's fun. But then when it's over, it's not. I'm just going to pick up that girl at the bar. She's kind of fine. The next thing you know, you got AIDS or some other worse thing. Fun for a season, wasn't it? Now you got a death sentence. We've all got a death sentence, and it's that thing we just mentioned, sin. So walk with God. Oh, that's Old Testament, Tom. Go back to 1 John, start reading again where it says, we should walk as he walked. Getting myself in trouble? Tough. I love this stuff because I'll tell you what, it, it it works on me just as good as it does everybody else. I, I'm I'm here preaching to me. I I need help too. I'm just a man. Some would say you're just a layman. <laughs> oh well, God bless you too. Luke one five one. All right, Luke one fifty one. Told you we're gonna do some Bible today. I ain't scared to do a Bible. he hath showed strength with his arm he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts wow and this this is you know this is part of the what we call Mary's Magnificat. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is all on them that fear him from generation to generation, and he has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Because they didn't take their thoughts captive to the Lord, did they? No, they didn't. They were proud in their imaginations. You don't want to get all proud in your imagination, let me tell you. 1 Corinthians 1 First Corinthians one nineteen. for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent that's first Corinthians one 19. in case I don't get everything written into the uh, show notes. Let's let's talk about something. Exodus five two. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but Exodus five two. Pharaoh says to, to Moses, and Aaron. Pharaoh says to Moses and Aaron, "Who is the Lord? I know him not." In other words, I'm not letting your folks go. Know, I'm going to. A matter of fact, you know, I'll just take take the straw away from, them, make the bricks harder to make. I'll double what they have to do and make it harder for them to do it. If you look at Exodus 5 and put it in context with what's going on today, you'll see uh, things are getting a little bit rougher for the folks here in the United States at least. But I'll tell you what, in the whole world, the whole world, we're going to make it harder for you to go to work. Oh, jobs are there, but it's going to be harder for you to go to work because you still got to stay by them stupid COVID laws or some other junk you got to get a shot and you don't want it oh if you go home sit don't 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 sit around waiting for the free money to come in but the here's what happened to pharaoh you know we don't have to go through that whole thing i mean it's a awesome story i mean it's just awesome but what did he say i don't know god and i don't care who is god who is the lord that i listen to him See, these guys thought they were gods. They thought they were the real deal. They were, you know, you know, they died. But then, you know, their spawn would be the next gods. They had multitudes of gods. What happened to Egypt? Because he said, who is the Lord, and why should I listen to him? They're at the bottom of the Red Sea all those chariots, horses, and men, all the arm of the flesh, everything that was going to take down the Israelites, run them into the ground, splashed all at once. All but the Red Sea is only four inches deep, even more, even more so the miracle. <laughs> uh, what did Saul of Tarsus, that would be who we call the Apostle Paul, what did he have to experience to repent? Now, notice the Pharaoh never repented. Saul of Tarsus, Paul, went around killing people. Basically, he even says, "You know, I, I persecuted the church. I tried to shut this Christian thing down. I wanted it stopped. I wanted nothing but Judaism." These people were converting my people. Paul says, "I was a, I, I'm a Benjamite. I'm a, I'm a, 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 a an Israelite. I'm a Jew." circumcised on the eighth day all that stuff i can't be holding to this jesus until jesus came and blinded him on the road to damascus changed paul's attitude didn't it? he repented and i believe he lived in a in a a life probably of repenting for all those things that he did prior to meeting jesus Romans seven twenty three. Excuse me. Romans seven twenty three. You can hear me going through my Bible, can't you? Good. And and wait, no. I'm 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 just like you. I got to get my Bible rolling. Seven twenty three. Romans seven twenty three, uh, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. The, Paul understood there's that two-edged thing going on here. I've got this Law of God, Jesus, that I want to follow. I want to be obedient to Christ, but yet the, my members in my, in my flesh, I still have Paul or Tom or whoever your name is, Janie, Susie, and Bob. We all still have us. We are still us, and we have to fight that every day. And the more you fight against it, the more you'll find that it goes, gets crushed down. But your, your members, there's a, there is an old, uh, I don't know if you'd call it doctrinal, but it was a, a study and, a, and a, a lot of lessons and a lot of, of uh, preaching done on mortification of your members, you know, killing off Mr. Bad Guy. And a lot of that has been left right there on that heap of things that we don't want to talk about anymore. Because it's not popular and it's not fun. It isn't going to make you laugh. It's not going to give you a, a feeling of, oh, this is just nice. First Peter. Sorry about all that Bible. Yeah, you, know, you can't get away with it in church because people get mad at you and say, well, we can't get to the, p- the passage quick enough, you know. And You could give them an outline with every passage you're going to use that day, and they still won't get it because they don't know where to find half of it. I've watched people, and I'm not making fun of anybody, but they don't know their Bible. They don't even know how to get around it. When do they open it? Sunday morning, 1 Peter one fourteen, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. I'm going to talk about that ignorance word for a minute because I, I know people who will say, you know, I really don't want to read the Bible and know what it says because then I'm going to be held accountable. I can just go through life, Uh, and claim ignorance in the end. I don't really think that's a possibility. If you're truly saved, you are going to want to know what the word of God says because the Holy Spirit who lives within you is going to drive you to that. And we're going to talk about him just very uh, shortly here uh, and briefly. There's a word I was looking for, briefly to try to dispel a couple of things. You know, firstly, people don't really understand the Holy Spirit. They don't understand what he does and how he does it. First of all, he's not going to have you do odd, weird, strange, upside-down things, run around a church house yelling, I'm on fire, I'm on fire, yelling out in some kind of unknown tongue. That's just not the Holy Spirit. I I don't believe it and the Bible's pretty plain, that we don't do anything out of uh, decorum, to, for lack of a better word. We don't uh, try to disrupt a flow of a service. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit points you to Jesus. That is his office and office. And his station, he lives within you, constantly trying to point you to Jesus. If you feel like you're being led towards something that is not biblical, then let me tell you something: you're 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 following yourself. You're following yourself. Following the Holy Spirit is the one who's always going to point. I, I like to say it this way: point you up. Because everything from us to Jesus is up. Except when we bow down. Oh, but you you got my Holy Spirit. That gets me scared because uh, you're going to get all Pentecostal. I, I hope so. But not in the way that people think. Not that mumbly jumbly jumping up and down stuff. Let the Holy Ghost lead you and you will be able to understand what is right and what is wrong. Most of us had, in our raising up years, taught right from wrong by whomever did it, parents, grandparents, whatever. We get to a certain point in our lives where we start making these dumb decisions to do the wrong thing because it's a whole lot more fun to go get drunk. It's a whole lot more fun to go smoke that pot until you're stuck with a needle in your arm laying on the side of the street in San Francisco in a pile of human waste. Then it's not fun, is it? Then you're somebody else's problem. So I've had this question posed to me several times over the years, quite a few times, where people don't understand the difference between your conscience your conscience and the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit this is the best explanation that I know first of all first Peter 1 15, but as he which called you is holy so be ye holy in all manner of conversations had to throw that in for fun. The conscious versus the Holy Spirit. First of all, if you try to look up the word conscience in the Bible, it's all over the place. Um, their conscience is seared as with a hot iron. Hold on a second. Excuse me we have to kind of break this down because it is difficult to sometimes understand how do I know if it's my conscience telling me to do something or is it the Holy Ghost or is there a difference whatever you know that that that's one of those things that that creeps up all the time. The first time you'll ever find the word conscience in the Bible is John eight nine, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Now that's a lady that was. She was caught in the in the act of adultery, supposedly act of it. And they brought her to Jesus to see what he'd do. And he said, Who's, which one of you guys is sinless? And they dropped their rocks and walked away. But notice what it says. They, which heard it, comma, being convicted. Okay, now here's where it goes deep. By their own conscience. Not by the Holy Ghost, they were convicted by their own conscience. By, you know, so they knew right from wrong. They knew what the law said that this woman should have done to her. But then on the other hand, Jesus flipped that back around and said, which one of you guys has got a clear conscience? Which one of you guys has not comm- committed some sin worthy of stoning? And they had to walk off. Probably made them hate him even more. So let's look at it. What you know, and you know, you go down through the the uh, passages. I'm telling you, get get on to the, the BlueLetterBible.org or or whatever you like to use, and you you can just type in a word. And this is how I learn. I mean, this is how I do it. I'm I'm nobody special. First Timothy four two. A lot of these verses I know, but I can't remember where they're at because again, I'm old. Speaking lies into hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Their conscience, not not the you, your conscience, your conscience, your mind, that thing that's that guides you because you want it to. That fleshly thing is seared as with a hot iron. It's branded by the devil. He says, "I own this." Psst. Holy Spirit can unbrand you if you allow him. So let's look at it real quick. I want to explain this as best as I can. The conscience of a person can change. The conscience of a person can change, just like I just said. You know, you can be branded as with a hot iron, which is hard to get rid of that where the devil says, I own you now. Just like a cattle rancher will say he owns a cow cuz his brands on there but he also this guy this devil he also knows that god owns the cattle on a thousand hills if he claims the cow the cow is his brand or not cuz first off the devil stole it to begin with the conscience of a person can change it's pliable you know it's like it's like clay you can make it into whatever you want. You can make a little bunny rabbit. I mean, I'm 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 not a sculptor. Uh, you can make a little bunny rabbit, or make you a little you know weird looking pony or something out of that clay. It can be changed into whatever it wants to. It can be, and your conscience, your conscience can change. It can sway this way or that. You know, one day you say, "Well, I'm not doing that," and then the next day, "Well, I'll go ahead and do it because it's not all that bad." It makes excuses for sin. It makes doctrine to excuse or even cover sin. You can't make a godly doctrine to cover man's sin. You can't say, well, you can go do whatever you want. You're forgiven past, present, and future. Because God knows what you're going to do anyway. So you might as well go ahead. That's just saying, well, go ahead and do it. Yeah, God does know what you're going to do, and he also knows you're going to fall for this malarkey if you allow yourself. He wants us to live a godly and pure and holy life. He wants us to live a life of, that is victorious, and victorious lives are the ones who aren't going to be beat down by the devil. On contrast to all that we just talked about, the conscience, basically the the main one that you want to keep in mind, your conscience can change. You can change your mind. The Holy Spirit, though, the Holy Spirit is God. And God does not change. He does not waver. He convicts when needed and strengthens our walk with God. He does not change. Does it say that in uh, Hebrews? Is that Hebrews 13, I think? Jesus Christ, same yesterday, today, and forever? Maybe it's 12 you know what I'm saying Holy Spirit's not going to change he doesn't change to fit today's theology and thought process doesn't doesn't happen man's fiat I made that word up is his own conscience doing its own thing man tries to just I'm going to do what I want to do you know That Holy Spirit, he's going to lead you in one direction. He'll lead you straight to Jesus and nowhere else. He can never be polluted. The Holy Spirit can never be polluted. He is always pure. Your conscience can be polluted. You can watch that pornography. You can look at that movie you shouldn't have. You can uh, listen to the music that will drive you insane. You can smoke that dope and you can drink that beer. You, and then say, well, that's okay, I'm a Christian. Because you've just polluted your conscience your your conscience your conscience causes us all the trouble that's why we need to know what god thinks we need the bible we need to be dedicated to leading and uh, to the leading of the holy spirit not fluctuating with debased religion or what the world declares to be acceptable cuz that's a lot of times that's what religion does. Modern religion, even even the guys that say, "We're in the old way." Yeah, and then you know, go ahead and do it because it's okay. One more passage of scripture and then I got to quit. Cuz I have places to be today. I'm sorry. And you're probably sick of me yelling at you. You're probably sick of me preaching to myself cuz I'm doing it. I'm not afraid, you know, I've had guys say, I had a preacher, he got up there and he preached a message on hell, and I know he was preaching to himself like he wasn't saved. No, or like he was going to hell. Sometimes you have to be able to preach the word not only to those in front of you, but to those within you, your own self, Jeremiah 3, 3, 3 three, not 33, Jeremiah three, verse three, therefore the showers have been withholden, and there hath been no latter rain and thou hast a whore's forehead, thou refuseth to be ashamed, a whore's forehead. That's somebody who tries to camouflage the way they're living with all kinds of wonderful little things like, Oh, I pray and I'm at church and I sing in the choir and I do all those things. No attempt to, to, you know, clear the the air. Let's just camouflage all the stuff. I want you to remember something. And if you're a preacher, listen to me, which I doubt because most of them won't take the time. They think they know everything. Here's the deal. Judgment begins at the house of God. Judgment begins at the house of God. And you know where it's going to start when it gets there? All the preachers will stand there and say, oh, it's going to grab all the, the the terrors out of the wheat. No, it's going to start right there in the front. A tree rots from the top down. It's going to start with that preacher and what he's preached and what he's taught. It's going to go to the Sunday school classes, and it's going to go to those teachers and what they've taught. Have they stayed true and form to the holy scriptures or have they gone off with doctrinal beliefs that aren't really true it's going to hit those deacons who should have been and could have been holding accountable those that are teaching and preaching because they as well should be able to teach and preach most of them can't most of them can't talk in front of people and if they can it's just mumbling stumbling and crying And then last and least, last but not least, the congregants. If you're sitting there and you know your Bible and you aren't being vocal about some of the things that you hear, asking the questions to you know, if you have to put that guy on the spot, do it. It's not illegal, it's not against the law to do it. They need it. Ignorance. Is no excuse. Get real with God. Get down on your hands and knees, whatever you can do. Stand there in the corner. I don't care what it is, and just get real with God. Let God get real with you. I told my buddy the other day. I was asking God, you know, I need some shaking. we gonna shake this place up, and he said, I'm gonna shake you up first. And he did. We're gonna leave it at that. Till next time, it's Tom Richardson. Sorry about that. Removing confusion here in the late time of August. It's the 22nd, didn't I say? I'm getting ready to go out and do a little ministry myself. I pray that we can find some common ground here. Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Tell him, hey, hide me. Hide me in your word. Hide me in that cleft of the rock. Hide me wherever I need to be. Just get me hid so that I can do the right things and understand there is a difference between my conscience and the Holy Spirit of God. You have a great day and a great week. We'll be back later with more, I'm sure. Because when God starts to move on a man, he can't help but run his mouth. So you have a great day and a great week again. Tom Richardson, Removing confusion Until next time. I'm